Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions, and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. Welcome to another edition of Brutally Honest Tuesdays. In this week's episode, I want to talk about the, oh no, Robert, you know, you can mess with anything you want, but don't mess with this one. (laughs) I'm talking about free will. I get the question all the time uh, through every channel that's available. When I do live events, when I do coaching in the coaching components of online courses and other things that I offer, I'm always getting that question. And if you study what I call the mainstream literature, mainstream self-help, personal development, psychological, or you study what might be called metaphysical, esoteric, spiritual kind of literature. Uh, The sacred cow is free will. And you see it all over the place. You know, God gave us free will, and we have the ability to choose. You know, sink or swim, succeed or fail, um, get it, blow it, Uh, We have choice, and so it's a sacred cow, and to me, it's a brilliant phase one creation. If you don't know what I mean by phase one creation, you'll see a little banner appearing on the screen right now. It's a URL on my website, a page on my website that you can register for a free video and email training that'll go into much more detail on the teachings that I share. It's free. Um, You can register for that and find out more about what I'm talking about when I say phase one teaching. It's a brilliant phase one teaching that if you really look closely, and we'll go through various layers of this, my bias, as is everything I share with you, is it's a myth. There is no such thing as free will. But let's look at that from a variety of levels. First, let's look at it in your actual day-to-day life. And I know there will be, you'll instantly recognize what I'm talking about, and there'll also be examples where you'll say, okay, Robert, yes, I can agree with what you just said, but... There are other times where, you know, I get that. But let's look at this level first. The first level is, are there times that you found yourself doing something in your day-to-day life that you didn't want to do? And you almost felt compelled to. And maybe it was like the classic old thing where there were like, you know, two different uh, characters on your two shoulders and one of them was saying, yes, go do this thing. And then the other voice, character, energy, whatever, saying, no, don't do that. That would be terrible. And there's this debate that's going on. Or you're feeling like going in a particular direction, doing something, and then, but maybe I shouldn't, and I'm afraid of this, or there might be, is it the right thing for you? And there's this kind of, you end up doing something that there was a debate, or maybe there wasn't a debate, but you end up doing something, and then you think to yourself, geez, I really didn't want to do that. Why did I do that? Some variation of this. So that's the first practical example that I want to give you. Things just happen. You just find yourself doing things. And it isn't necessarily, if you really are brutally honest at what's happening in the moment, it isn't because you really chose it. It's because it happened. And in fact, you may have been trying to resist it. It could be with something related to a diet. It could be with something related to working out. It could be something related to an interpersonal relationship dynamic where you've been saying, I am going to start doing this in my life, in my relationship, and then you don't. I'm going to stop doing that, and then you don't. 
you find yourself doing it are things that are called addictions, you know, whether it's to a physical substance or whatever else it is, where clearly if you look, there isn't your ability to choose whatever the story is. You know, if it's an addiction, there's a story that there's a chemical, whatever going on in your body. But what it comes down to is there are numerous examples in your life related to the body, not related to the body, related to your behavior in various things where you clearly do not have the choice if you really look at it. So that's the first thing I want to say. And again, I know that you can say, yes, Robert, there are times where I uh, did not really appear to be choosing. It was like I was compelled or obsessed or had to do something even though I didn't want to and I was pulled kicking and screaming. But then there are other things where I can tell you, yeah, I sat there and I said, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And I looked at it and it wasn't a compulsion. It was, I, and I chose this. I could have done this, but I chose this. Okay, so let's take a look at that. There is a friend of mine, and you may be aware of him. His name is Dr. John D. Martini. And I was at one of his workshops, and we also talked about this privately, where he says, even if you look at it just purely at the psychological level, forget metaphysics, spirituality, what I call truth with a capital T. If you just look at it from a psychological perspective, he can argue very effectively that there's no such thing as free will from that perspective. And what he'll say, and it's much more complicated than this, I'm being very simple in general, so hear me when I say that. He will say something, and other people, he's not the only one, will say something like, if you are in a situation and you had this option and this option, and you chose this option, the reason you chose this option is because, and again, I'm being very general just to make a point here, because your uncle said something when you were three, or your father told you something over and over and over and over when you were growing up, or you had this particular experience that was traumatic when you were 10. And that's influencing your decision. So even though you think you're deciding, you're not. It still was predestined because of the way you were built psychologically and how certain things affected you. And, um, and he can argue this very, very effectively. And you can come up to him and you can say, no, 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 John, or whomever it is. It's not just John Martini, but other people can say something similar to that. And you can say, no, 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 I'll give you a perfect example. Da-da-da happened, and I could have done this or this or this, and I chose this. And there was nothing from my childhood there. There was nothing from whatever. But we're all built as unique characters. What I call the mind machine in each of us is built in unique ways. And then so many of the things that we think are decisions go on autopilot, and they're completely shaped by the dynamics that are in our mind machines, in our computers. Some people would call it brain uh, neurons, all kinds of stories of what there is. But he'll say from a psychological perspective, there isn't any such thing as free will. Where I, <clears throat> excuse me, where I spend most of my time on this issue and everything else, what I call truth with a capital T level, the truth level, takes a look at this from another perspective, but I wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, share with you, hold on a sec. I wanted to share with you the truth level too. I want to share the practical levels first. And you can spend a lot of time, if you're brutally honest, looking at those two practical levels and seeing that it tends to throw a wrench into whether there really is free will from those two kinds of perspectives that I just called the practical piece. Here's the piece that to me is far more important. And again, it's not a theory. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea or a concept. It's something that can be experienced and is experienced when what I call ultimate freedom is awake in your story, which is this. You are a character in a story. 
and there's a writer. And in a complex way that's beyond the scope of this video to talk about, you are simultaneously the writer and the character. If we take the example of J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter stories, J.K. Rowling is J.K. Rowling. She's the author. She's the writer. She's the creator of the stories. And then there's Harry Potter and the other characters and everything else in the stories. They're her too. They're one. They're linked. You can't separate them. This is to me, by the way, which maybe I'll talk about in another video, ask me if you want me to, is what is really meant by oneness. It's not that we're all sparks of consciousness that are connected or God split itself off into all these little whatevers. It's that we are one and the same. Harry Potter is J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is Harry Potter. You cannot separate them. Um, he's her. She's him. You know, they're one. They're unified. So there's a writer of your story. And if you're turning the pages of a Harry Potter story, it appears that Harry Potter has free will and Harry Potter's making choices, just like you would think that you do in your life. But what's really going on there? If you're on page 265 and Harry has a choice to do this or this, and he chooses this, did he choose this? Well, in the story, at the story level, yeah, but what's really going on is J.K. Rowling wrote for Harry's character to choose this and for it to appear to be, should I this, should I that, eh, all right, I'll do this. And my bias, my experience with a capital E, what you actually experience when ultimate freedom is awake is it's the same thing. There's a writer that I call true creative essence of my story, your story, everybody's story, and everything that all the decisions, all the choices, all the options, all the thinking and due diligence and should I this or that are all written into the story and what ends up being decided is what was written in the story. But it isn't free will and it isn't really choice, even though it appears to be just like it appears to be in a novel, it appears to be in a story with a fictional character, and although it's not as good of a metaphor to me as a novel, it's the same thing with movies. Characters in movies or TV shows appear to have choice. They appear to be able to, should I this, should I that, just like you do in your life. But the script for the movie, the script for the TV show that the actor is being driven by is what determines, do they do this, do they do that, even though it appears there's free will, there isn't. It's a myth. Now, before we close this, because <clears throat> this I just intend, to, as always, to create ripples that will ripple out and where it goes, it goes. The other thing that I want to share about this is, as I mentioned, in most systems, but not all, free will is a sacred cow. It's like one of the most precious things as part of the human experience. It's the biggest gift that God, source, creator, whatever, gave us. Don't mess with that, you know, kind of a thing. So, when I share this with a lot of people, the, pre the preliminary initial kind of a reaction and it can be short-lived or it can be long-lived, is, ah, don't tell me that, Robert, that's bad news. I don't like that. That makes me feel like a puppet. That makes me feel small and powerless or whatever else it is. And so there's all these stories about it's bad that there isn't free will. It, it would be a bad thing. I've lost something precious if I don't have free will. And I understand that. As I mentioned before, we have mind machines. They're programmed and built and constructed in unique ways. Uh, beyond the scope of this video to talk about that, but I talk about it in the Ultimate Freedom teachings and the Ultimate Freedom experience. And so it's not surprising that there would be an initial reaction, oh, no, 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 that's bad. I don't like that. It's important to me that I am able to make choices and that I'm determining my 
fate and my destiny and the directions, and I really have choice. What I can tell you, and I, if, I was had, if I was you five years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, whatever, I don't know, if you'd said that to me, I would have reacted that way. But what I can tell you is, when ultimate freedom awakens in your story, my language, when you're experiencing truth with a capital T about who you really are and what's going on and you really are a character in a story and simultaneously the writer, there's a oneness there. There isn't any bad news here. There isn't anything precious lost at the actual experiential level, but there can be at the idea and concept level. There's another video that I did that you can find on my blog or you can find on my YouTube channel that's about whether knowledge is power or not. At the idea and concept level, there can be all kinds of noise and objections and judgment, and that's bad, and oh, Robert, that's terrible, and I feel whatever, like a puppet or a weak, wimpy, nothing, whatever. Don't like the idea that I don't have free will, that I don't have choice. At the idea and concept level, it can be very negative, and it can be very paralyzing, and it can be very a lot of other things, but... When you actually experience with a capital E, truth with a capital T, that I call ultimate freedom or phase three living, and again, you'll see a little banner on your screen where you can get access to a free training on my website to find out more about the teachings I'm talking about. It's a free training. Um, That isn't how you experience it. It's good news. It's amazing. It opens the doors to all kinds of extraordinary things and the magic that you're really looking for in your life to experience the truth with a capital T of that. But at the idea concept level, it can appear to be bad news. There can be a lot of judgment. All these kinds of things can appear to happen. But all of those things disappear when you get into what I call a truthful with a capital T relationship with everything that's happening in your story, in your life. And the mind noise, mind machine noise, idea and concept, objections, negativity, whatever, disappear when the experience of truth is had. So that's Brutally Honest Tuesdays for this week. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening. Love it, hate it, interesting, whatever. Please leave a comment beneath wherever you're watching this. And if you found this interesting and you think other people in your sphere of influence might, please share it. Boy, I got a lot of frogs in my voice this morning. (laughs) And I chose that. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye for now. See you next time. Okay, I admit it. I am a man on a mission, and my mission is to facilitate what I call the awakening of ultimate freedom in as many life stories for people around the world as possible, and I'd love to help you too. If you'd like to discover more about the ultimate freedom teachings, I created a special free training for you that is delivered by both email and video that I'd love to share with you. To get immediate access, visit my website, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash training, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash training. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld.